Monday Night Wrestling Inc. podcast. We got a nasty lineup for you tonight. A first time pairing of this triple threat on an evening where triple threats were the difference of whether or not you would be hitting the showers or possibly vying for a new world title. Good evening, everybody. I'm Justin Labar. As we said, it is with the Wrestling Inc. podcast on this Monday night, May 8th. It is about 11.13 p.m. East Coast time. If you're out on the West Coast where one of our panelists are, it is 8.13. Good for you still seeing the sunshine, possibly. And uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Appreciate all of you that are filing in uh, across YouTube, across Twitch, across Facebook, watching us live as it happens. Great way to end your day. And for those of you that are uh, choosing the audio version only, well, I can't say I blame you in some form or fashion. Uh, We hope you're enjoying it wherever you might be this glorious week in May. Uh, first, let's go ahead and do some uh, pleasantries and uh, introductions. First, uh, the regular here with me on a Monday evening. He is uh, the other Jay uh, tonight. He is up north over the border, former WWE referee for more than 20 years. Got a few Mania matches, got a few Taker matches under his belt. The guy knows what he's seeing inside of the squared circle. He is the one, the only future Hall of Famer, I predict, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you? Man, I, I don't know how to top that intro. Man. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Justin. It's, it's it's always fun to hear it. You know what? It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Not just not just about tonight, just overall in general. So there's a, there's a lot of good stuff happening, and happy to be a part part of it at least to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jack Farmer not with us this week, but we have a very 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 suitable replacement tonight uh, coming to us all the way from Los Angeles, California. He is the one, the only, this is nasty, Alfred Cuddle. Alfred, good evening, sir. It is a pleasure to be here. It's great. I get to do a podcast with all three Jays in the last two weeks. How did I get so lucky? <laughs> I don't know, but you're uh, you're up to the task. We know that. Uh, guys, uh, yeah, a lot, uh, a lot to be excited about right now in wrestling. Obviously, stadium shows, big sales, d- drafts, rumors, you know, who's fighting with who. A lot of great stuff. All the stuff that you live for day to day when you cover pro wrestling. Uh, when you want to get it in the mix. Uh, we had a very interesting Monday Night Raw tonight as we are all now on the path to Night of Champions at the end of this month in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, where everything is focused on, obviously, championships, and most notably at this point, the crowning of this new World Heavyweight Championship, which we will talk extensively about in just a few moments. But first, we always like to kick it off with at least a news headline that you could find on Wrestling Inc. There's many news headlines 24-7 on Wrestling Inc., but this one I thought was good because it kind of sparks a little debate. It lets the chat room uh, get involved with it, so I thought, why not? Uh, coming from my good buddy over at Bust Open Radio, Mark Henry. And uh, Mark Henry had this to say about Bad Bunny, saying Bad Bunny is the greatest, the absolute, no peers whatsoever, greatest celebrity wrestler of all time. There is nobody close. Lawrence Taylor's right there. Pat McAfee did a hell of a job. But Bad Bunny is on another level. Mark goes on to say he was playing like a veteran wrestler. The way that he sold, the way that he recovered, he was smart enough to roll out of the ring. He registered. The dude emotionally got that crowd in a frenzy. You said it could have been the main event. You mean to tell me that a celebrity could main event over Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes? Yeah, end quote. Uh, Jimmy, as a former ref, you've had to be in the ring with many of the celebrities who tried mm-hmm. to uh, try to do their best to keep up with the WWE pace. What say you, having had 48 hours now to digest that Bad Bunny performance, where does Bad Bunny rank amongst celebrities uh, in, in the ring? If he's not at the top, he is as close as you can get to it without being there. I mean, that performance he put on uh, this past weekend at Backlash, uh, obviously an overall pay-per-view was good, but what he did was incredible. And and, and the, it was the little things. We always talk about the little things in wrestling. And, and it wasn't about, you know, 
getting myself over and stuff. Of course, you want to get yourself over. That's the, that's the thing. That's why you're there. And, you know, being there in, in that atmosphere in Puerto Rico was awesome. But how he performed and like Mark mentioned, his selling and, and ring awareness and all that kind of stuff. He just felt like he knew what he was doing. Yes, he was in there with someone like Damian Priest. And, and, and you could say that, yeah, well, Damian kind of led him. and stuff. But you've got to be able to follow. And if there's one celebrity who followed better than anybody, you could probably make an argument that, yes, uh, Bad Bunny was numero uno. Alfred, I long uh, held Lawrence Taylor to the uh, spot on number one, considering the fact 1995 uh, celebrity, you know, just just at the time and, and to be and, you know, where we're, we're, the work pace was different and he worked a grueling 20 plus minute match with Bam Bam Bigelow and just the whole story. I long since thought that LT was the number one. But what say you? Has Bad Bunny just moved the uh, the NFL Hall of Famer uh, off that top spot? 100%. Bad Bunny is surpassed Lawrence Taylor. And I've gone on record in saying that Bad Bunny is the greatest celebrity wrestler of all time. Then 2022 happened and Logan Paul made his debut. And that's the greatest celebrity wrestler of all time. Bad Bunny is one of the two greatest celebrity wrestlers ever. But to me, he's number two. And I love Bad Bunny. I thought that performance was incredible. I agree with everything that Jimmy Cordero said. I thought he was incredible in that match with Damian Priest. And it wasn't just like, oh, he's really good for a celebrity. It was like, he's really good for like somebody who could be a wrestler. And, and when you talk about a celebrity, he's as good, if not better, than just about any celebrity who's ever done it. But I think what sets Logan Paul apart, Logan Paul does things that a lot of wrestlers can't do. Forget celebrities. Bad Bunny does things, and I think he showed a lot of things that a lot of celebrities don't do. Logan Paul does things that a lot of wrestlers... You give me the list of people who could do that spot with Ricochet. Give me the list. It's Seth Rollins and who else? Logan Paul and maybe like five other guys in terms of on the active roster. I, I think Logan Paul, from the whole package, from the fact that he is transcendent, similar to Bad Bunny, from the fact that he can talk, from the fact that I can see him carrying a world title. Like, I think there's just something to Logan Paul that makes it seem that he just fits right into pro wrestling. And I'm not saying that Bad Bunny doesn't. And there is an argument to be made. I could probably be convinced with a good enough argument in terms of Bad Bunny being the greatest ever. But I do think that Logan Paul right now has that title. And things can change. I think it's that close that over the next several years, if Bad Bunny keeps having moments like this, maybe we can't deny him. I'm going with Logan Paul as the greatest ever. Well, and I think Logan Paul is a very good argument against Bad Bunny. I think you know, we're all high on Bad Bunny right now because of the momentum. And look, it also helps the, the entire atmosphere. You know, it's, it's happening. He's from Puerto Rico. It's happening in Puerto Rico. So, like, I think that puts a little extra spice, puts a little over top this past Saturday. I think something with Logan Paul that you're kind of touching on as well is that Logan Paul has more of a believable look, right? Mm. I mean, more believable in terms of his size. Hell, the guy's even won boxing matches. So, like, you kind of give him some credibility. Bad Bunny, you do have to do a little bit of suspension of disbelief um with with some aspects of his size so i think you know that would be an argument i would say towards logan paul to to in the, in the debate of he versus bad bunny but any which way the fact that <clears throat> excuse me the fact that wwe is just i don't want to say stumbling or falling because i don't think it's an accident i think that they are they, they have a they have a precise game plan that they are executing these game plans of who are the biggest influencers and performers we can find in these other genres Getting their audiences, getting them to come in and 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 be accepted. Oh, by the way, they're they're better than half the people that they're putting in the performance center for uh, open tryouts. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's just insane. No, no, you've got you both have a valid point about Logan Paul, and like you said, that's the thing. These guys feel like they are listening, they are taking in, they are absorbing, and they want to be a part of it. They want to contribute. Uh, and 
And no offense to Drew Carey, because I was there collecting his money at ringside during the, the Royal Rumble that time. But <laughs> when you see that, that's more of a, you know, hey, hey, ha ha, this is a comedy kind of moment. And, you know, you mentioned Lawrence Taylor had a great moment and stuff like that. And, you know, Mike Tyson, you go over the all the celebrities over the years. But what these guys have been able to do in the ring and make it believable. Uh, Logan Paul, like you said, has the look, but even... Bad Bunny with all the, the, the weapons and all that kind of stuff. He, t- he took some shots on Saturday. Let me put it that way. Yeah. It wasn't, it, he didn't, he, uh, you know, Damian Priest didn't take it easy on him. Let's put it that way. No. Yeah, he's about uh, that uh, life. He took some crazy bumps like the one through the table. And that entrance is everything you'd want in pro wrestling, not only as much as the crowd was into it, singing every lyric to his theme song, uh, Kambea, but also just Bad Bunny coming off as just such a major star. He's a mainstream, massive, worldwide star in WWE. That entrance is something that I think they should really be pushing on their social media. Yeah, I've watched that entrance several times actually today on social. I tweeted about it earlier. Uh, I showed my wife earlier. I was like, look, you got like, yeah. you know, you to you see this. And, and you know, like this is... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great problem to have the fact that they, oh, the celebrities available wants to come do this big show, which, which, which roster member do we have to bump <laughs> to, to make room for them? Yeah. I want to bring up a comment that Sergio said, and we touched on this a little bit, uh, Jimmy and I did Saturday night, and I want to do it again while we have the uh, Alfred here. And, and this is something that could realistically happen. Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny at SummerSlam. Now, I don't know if it'd be SummerSlam or next year's Mania or whatever. But you theoretically, because Logan Paul is such a good heel and Bad Bunny obviously is, 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 is performing great as a babyface, you could have those two in a one-off novelty match. Um, and, and Alfred, I think I said something like this to Jimmy Saturday, that might break social media records for WWE in terms of, I mean, you're, I mean, you are talking about dozens and dozens and t- I mean, a, 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 a millions of followers combined between the, these two. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the WWE World Heavyweight title that they reintroduced. I would much rather be interested in a celebrity world championship than a WWE World Heavyweight Championship. You put the celebrity world championship in there, you get Bad Bunny, you get Logan Paul. See what LT is doing. I mean, it'd be a little harder to do that in 2023. But you just get all these celebrities and have them compete for the celebrity world championship. And it's a funny idea. We ha ha kiki now. But the level of celebrities, you know, that I think it's just leveled up. And you mentioned LT. I think it's gone from LT, a celebrity who could have a match and be passable as a wrestler, to Bad Bunny, who just looks like a wrestler when he's in there doing all this crazy stuff, to Logan Paul, who looks as good, if not better, than most wrestlers in the ring. So we've got, like, an evolution of celebrities. Why not just have a celebrity world championship? It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, be, yeah. <laughs> have could it be, be sorry, sorry to cut you off, Justin, but can it be more fun than the 24-7 championship? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything is. <laughs> Nothing is. <laughs> Super chat here from Sheed Black. Alfred here on a Monday. Wow. Here are some of the money you owe Issa for WrestleMania. Olive Garden money. LOL. $4.99. <laughs> I still owe Issa some breadsticks at Olive Garden because Roman Reigns did defeat Cody Rhodes. One, one, one day, I'm sure we'll get around to it. <laughs> the people don't forget. All right. Uh, yeah, so uh, the debate rages on, but certainly we have not seen uh, the last of uh, Bad Bunny in a WWE ring, I would uh, surmise to say. Mm-hmm. All right, big thanks to everybody who is settling in here live. Uh, again, if you ever want to watch us live here on YouTube, the link goes out a few hours before we go live, and you know the, the entire chat room is kind of like a watch-along. They're kind of watching raw, waiting for us to get on here, so a lot of fun. If not, check us out anywhere on the audio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, we appreciate it. Um, like, subscribe, do whatever the channel asks you to do, follow uh, leave a comment, tell a friend. All those good things are appreciated. 
Let's go ahead and talk about Monday Night Raw from Jacksonville, Florida. Now, uh, normally I would go segment by segment and just kind of do the show in the order that it happened, but I figure because tonight's threaded so much around the Raw side of the bracket for this World Heavyweight title, it just makes sense for us just to kind of do it all at once so we can get all thoughts and angles out. So that's what we're going to do. So Raw opens up with a cinematic uh, video uh, putting over all 12 participants that are going to be going for this tournament. And uh, Cody Rhodes comes out and basically we get a reveal of the bracket from him. It is uh, 12 superstars, six on Raw, six on SmackDown. Not sure why. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, all opening rounds are triple threat matches. Uh, and then uh, that then goes into semifinals and that then leads to the finals, which will be at Night of Champions. So your bracket looks like this on the left side for Raw. Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes versus The Miz. Also on the left side, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest. Over on the right side for SmackDown, triple threat match between AJ Styles, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. And also on SmackDown, Ooh. Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Sheamus in a triple threat. Mm-hmm. So there are your 12. Uh, we kick it off with one of the triple threats right away and it is uh, or, uh, that we get to here. And it is the fact that we are going to have Miz versus Finn versus Cody. And Cody Rhodes delivers three crossroads in a row to the Miz. Looks like he's got the pin, but then Brock Lesnar pulls him out of the ring, F5s him. That leaves Finn Balor open to hit the coup de grace on the Miz to get the win. We'll talk about Brock and all that stuff later, but first let's just talk about the the decision to have Finn Balor win his match and then not be Cody. Uh, Alfred, were you surprised by this? No, I smelled a rat. This is something that actually, it's a scenario you laid out last week in terms of triple threat matches designed to protect Cody Rhodes. And I smelled a rat as soon as they did announce that. I've been on high alert ever since they screwed around and screwed up Cody Rhodes by having him lose at WrestleMania and reading the tea leaves that Brock Lesnar may be hovering around in Jacksonville. I did think that, yeah, Brock's probably going to come in there, screw over Cody Rhodes and we're off to the race with that. And I just think a lot of people, the common narrative with Cody Rhodes in this title is, oh, if Cody wins, it's going to be a silver medal title, which I kind of agree with. But if he doesn't win, it's a bronze medal title. So now you cannot convince me that anything they do with that WWE World Heavyweight title is bigger than Brock versus Cody. I think Roman Reigns is going to headline above that title. I think Brock versus Cody should headline above that title. And I think they established it as kind of a secondary title. Jimmy, this is the first match Mm -hmm. uh, in the qualification to get this title. Uh, did this match do anything to, for you? Or does this title still feel kind of like what Alfred's saying, where it's 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 not even second ranking? No, it's it's not. I agree with Alfred on this one because here's what happened. During the match, when you had Brock come out and, and do what he did to Cody, and then, uh, you know, we got the promo and all that stuff that, that he cut on him and all that, the new championship is supposed to feel like a big deal. It's supposed to feel like a huge accomplishment. Hey, look, at, we're creating this new world heavyweight championship. But, you know, and I get it. Sometimes there are other angles and other storylines that, you know, are above a championship title match or, or storyline or whatever. But this is a brand new title being created that has to feel like it's the important thing on the show. It doesn't feel like the most important thing. And like you guys said, not even maybe the second or third most important thing on the show. It feels like it is a, yeah, we're just making a new world champion, but look at what's going on over here. It doesn't feel as important as it should. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, again, like like Alfred said, I, I did think uh, Triple Threat would be the way to try to go in terms of some of these matches because mm-hmm. uh, it could you know Cody's got to be in it, but you don't want him to to take any kind of direct loss. So uh, this was the way to go about it. But yeah, the, the the energy was not there in terms of feeling like oh this is this is this is the biggest the new biggest prize. 
uh, in the show. I misspoke earlier. I don't know why I did this match first. The first match was actually the other triple threat <laughs> for tonight, so we'll go to that one now. Okay. Uh, and that one was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest. And, and Jimmy, as soon as I see these pairings of how they're doing the matches, as soon as I see my guy Damian Priest, who just worked his ass off in this program, mm-hmm. as soon as I see that he draws the match with Seth Rollins, I, go, I just threw the pencil in the air. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's one of those things. I, I get it. You talk about you mentioned somebody mentioned it earlier. Suspension of disbelief. This that's what this whole thing is about. But at the same time, if you're someone who paid attention to the, what happened at the pay per view and stuff like that, sometimes matches happen where you go, I can't see this guy winning. I can't see this guy winning. And and you don't want to be that the so called internet fan who to you know reads the sheets and stuff like that and goes, Yeah, I figure this is going to happen. I know what's going to happen here. I don't want to be like that. I want to sit back, watch, and enjoy. And when watching this one, I didn't feel like uh, Priest or Shinsuke had a chance of winning this match. Yeah, Alfred Rollins wins with a pedigree here. Um, you know, when the when the bracket comes out, do you just automatically go, "Okay, this is this just this is just Seth Rollins' turn. This is just this is just a, a long winded tournament just for Seth Rollins." Is that I mean, like, what 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 is your feeling right now when you see Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke versus Priest for the opening round? Hundred percent. That's and as soon as you saw the way that kind of Cody Rhodes part played out when Seth Rollins won and Jimmy's so right about and, and I'm I could be one of those fans too I think you know we can all be guilty of that but when Seth Rollins won you kind of book forward and it's like okay Seth Rollins won that means that Cody Rhodes if he's gonna win this title will have to have beaten Seth Rollins a fourth time in a row and that is such a rarity in WWE so it kind of laid out that it was gonna be Seth's night which is such a bad night to happen because I'm sorry man I grew up a huge NBA fan in California and the Lakers and Warriors with LeBron and Steph is on the other channel and if I think I know how this is gonna play out my intention is not gonna be with WWE Raw 100% I'm gonna be watching this Lakers Warriors game and I think that's gonna hurt them in the ratings that's a great point. I'll be really interested tomorrow afternoon by the time we get the numbers out. Uh, obviously, we know that the NBA and NHL playoffs have, have been uh, a problem in the past week or two for AEW and WWE. So uh, a great point on the predictability factor uh, dealing with the competition up ahead. Okay, so our semifinal matches is going to take place also tonight. Let's go to them. So Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Uh, commentary did not shy away from it. Corey Graves did not shy away from it. Obviously, this is a callback. Uh, to seeing these guys in the ring for the inaugural Universal title, which I guess is now just getting just just getting merged into, into the back of the closet. Um, but they, they they talk a lot about that. We get this match as the main event um, as a little callback. At one point, Finn does the running power bomb to uh, to Seth into the barricade. That was the move that Seth did to Finn. They got Finn injured, of course, and Finn then had to uh, vacate the title the next day. Uh, John Jordan saying ten dollars. Justin, Jimmy, Alfred. Uh, just uh, old JJ here checking in. Want to get props to the main event. Barricade bomb callback was dope. Jackson crowd, not so much. But I guess they all can't be compared to Puerto Rico. Cheers, fellas. Yeah, the Jacksonville crowd did not have any have any good good following to what Puerto Rico just did on Friday and Saturday. Uh, and he did shout out. My name is Jalfred for tonight. So I, I do appreciate that. Jal- <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. He did say that. Um, so the knowledge and history, trying to have some bad blood in this thing. Uh, while it's also for who's advancing in this title match. Uh, Finn's targeting the arm. That's the story in the match. Seth's mm-hmm. trying to do everything. Can't hook the leg. Can't do a full pedigree. But finally, Curb Stomp does get Seth Rollins a victory. So Seth Rollins is your raw superstar, is your person from the left side of the bracket. And Alfred, uh, Keir Kemp's asking the question. I thought the championship was only for raw talent. I've been screaming off of a rooftop on Twitter for mm-hmm. the last several days about it. Is this just an automatic that whoever, whoever from this right side of the bracket 
and you can make a you can make a case for any of them, even if even the faces, if they wanted to go face versus face. But is it just automatic that the Raw superstar and oh by the way that Raw superstar Seth Rollins is automatic that that, that they're winning it? I don't know if it's automatic, but I think it's like maybe like a 90% chance of happening. The only thing I could see it not is if, you know, they want to try to swerve us for the sake of a swerve and have a SmackDown guy win it. But this is another one of those things. And we talked about this a lot last week in terms of the draft seeming like it was just being made up as they went along. And this is another rule that seems like what's going to be the big rule. So if a SmackDown guy won, I think they established that they just become a raw guy for winning the title, which kind of defeats the purpose of being a SmackDown guy on that side of the bracket. And, there's just all these competing interests that I do not like. I just don't like all the mess that they have to pick up after this draft. I don't think they did a good job establishing the draft uh, as a storyline device. I think they just did it to do it, and now they're trying to back into their explanations. Jimmy, before we do the SmackDown side predictions, mm-hmm. uh, was all your money all night on Seth, no matter what? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a reformed gambler. I'm staying away from racetracks and ca- casinos. Let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, if I was still a betting man, my money would have definitely been on Seth. And and that that the only drawback. And at least they they did it in a creative way to get Cody out of the picture. Yeah. And and yes, bringing Brock back uh, and having their rivalry continue is is cool but like i said i think the only issue is that it's overshadowing everything including the new championship and whoever the new champion will be yeah all right so so no uh, kentucky derby yesterday jimmy uh i can watch i just gotta you know i you know that's it that's a a good race (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's go ahead because if 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 smackdown follows the same format and does all this in one night uh, by this time next week, we will know what our Night of Champions <clears throat> World Heavyweight Championship match is going to be. And since I won't talk to you guys on the air about this uh, any, any time prior, let's go ahead and do the predictions. And so SmackDown, AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio. Alfred, what's your gut telling you right now for that one? Tells me AJ Styles. I love that AJ Styles is back. Can't wait to see him back in a ring. And I think AJ Styles and Seth is actually not to get too ahead of it, but I think AJ Styles should be the favorite. Okay, so Alfred's got AJ on the right side. Jimmy, you have that match, but then you also have the winner of that match is going to take on the winner of this match, Austin Theory, your current U.S. champion, mm-hmm. up against Bobby Lashley, up against Sheamus. Who's coming out of that one? Uh, I think it's very interesting. Uh, yes, uh, Theory, Austin Theory is on a bit of a roll with some big wins, but again, we're in that triple, the three-way match, which gives you an out. So in that match, I could see someone like a Sheamus coming through uh, with a little bit of uh, shenanigans from someone like Anasa Theory, I think maybe the belt comes into play in some form or fashion. And that way, uh, it leads to my prediction for the other match as well. But yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of think as, as as phenomenal, pun intended, as AJ versus Seth would be uh, for a title, even if it is, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, this newly created one. I would be, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm weary of putting Seth versus another babyface, especially a babyface that is as popular as AJ Styles. Yes, it'll be in Saudi Arabia where the crowd is, you know, it's not like they're in Chicago <laughs> where the crowd's going to you know, take take over the show, hostage the show. But I would still just be worried, even from the marketing standpoint of having. So I would I would try to pick a heel out of this, and you really only have Theory or Sheamus. Uh, I think just the fact because Theory's already holding the U.S. title, and just in this modern era, we never see the mid-card champion also then win a world title it's just not that we just don't do that anymore uh i would try to make sheamus as vicious and as 
whatever as you can remind people that he's a former world champion i would do whatever you can have sheamus win this and, and then pump sheamus up as much as you can in, in promotion and marketing for the, for the remainder of the month and try to make something of a compelling argument that sheamus could beat seth rollins but i, I would go with that just because sheamus is a can be a nice dastardly heel when you ask him to be mm-hmm. i think that would be a better uh a better opponent for for a, or for seth rollins uh, all things considered but um yeah that's so that's where we're going we're going into friday uh looking to see who's gonna come out of that right side but uh I bet you if we looked at the odds, if we uh, go to any one of the DraftKings or any of the ones that pull out these odds now for WWE, I got to think Seth Rollins far and away leading uh, and where your uh, bets should be placed. So that was uh, all things related to your World Heavyweight Championship uh, Night of Champions build. Any final thoughts on that portion, guys, before we move on? No, they did have time. Maybe they could have had the two triple threat matches tonight and have that final match next week. But... uh, you know, hey, having it all one night, and and we still got a couple of weeks to go until the uh, the uh, night of champions. But uh, just felt a little rush. That's all, and the timing of it as well. You talked about the uh, <clears throat> SmackDown side and all that kind of stuff uh, vying for this title as well. Uh, then why have the draft now? It's almost yeah. feels like weird timing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Well, that's what I mean with the predictability. It's like if, yeah. yeah, you know, if if they wanted any one of those six guys on the SmackDown side to be this new world champion on Raw. They probably just wouldn't have drafted. I, you know, it just, I don't know. It just seems um, the only thing I could think to Jimmy, because I was kind of surprised too with the fact they did all that they did tonight. Uh, I'm wondering, is it because they wanted to be consistent and they needed to be consistent on SmackDown because they need to get the tournament essentially figured out? Mm-hmm. So that way, maybe one of those other five that aren't going against Seth Rollins, maybe one of those other five are going to be somebody that gets involved with Roman Reigns for his match at night of champions and that we can't keep stalling. We need to get the, we need to get the matches made so we can promote them. So I'm wondering if that could be something that comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. It very well could be. And also, you know, trying to, trying to make sense of this, it is called the world heavyweight championship. And I guess in the WWE world, SmackDown is part of the world. (laughs) So maybe they figure, and then if it, if it does end up being someone from SmackDown winning this, this tournament, they have to be exclusive to Raw. So, like you said, coming back, and then do they have to bring someone else over? And I don't know. It's just, it's very convoluted right now. Yeah. And keep an eye out on Bobby Lashley, because to your point about somebody maybe getting involved in that other world championship, mm-hmm. they did go out of their way to say that Bobby Lashley wants Roman Reigns, and the bloodline of Roman Reigns might have something to do with why Bobby Lashley doesn't advance. Like, I could see that scenario easily. That would actually be a great way to. Uh... Yeah. I like that. That'd actually be a great way to, because mm-hmm. I mean, look, we all agree Lashley's Lashley's owed a little bit. His his mania season got kind of trampled on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's 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 give him let's give him what he's owed. Cool. All right. So we'll see uh, where we're at this time next Monday. All right. Let's pick back up and everything else that's going on in mm-hmm. Raw. Uh, Otis versus Mustafa or Mustafa Ali, excuse me. And uh, Otis is he's torn between being Otis. And being Otis, uh, you know he, he's got he's got the he's got the girl pulling him on one side. He's got he's got Chad Gable pulling on the other side. There he's conflicted of whether he should do the caterpillar. All this uh, bickering uh, causes distraction and causes him to lose focus. And ultimately, Ali's going to hit the 450. So positively, Ali gets uh, gets a much needed victory on TV. Uh, Jimmy, do you like the do you like this comedy that they're doing uh, where Otis is having to kind of decide between his his buddy and decide between the girl? I mean, classic classic story classic everybody can understand here i mean do you like it right no i'm okay with it because you know it, it adds a little different it, it's i i know a lot of people don't like hearing this but this is a variety show you can't have all serious wrestling you can't have all 
hardcore, all spot fest, whatever the case may be. You have to have a little bit of everything and mix it all in. And this adds a little dip, bit of a different element. And you got a guy like uh, Chad, Ga Chad Gable. Is so I, I just wish they'd do more with him because it, I, I almost feel like he could be, uh, without the Olympic gold medal, this generation's Kurt Angle. I think he's got that much in him. And Otis has got uh, good comedic timing and, you know, the odd pairing of him with Maxine. Yeah, it, it's it's fun. Let's put it that way. It's fun and entertaining and a little bit of a break from the the uh, the hardcore stuff. Let's put it that way. Alfred, where's the money? Is it him being Otis as part of Alpha Academy or is it Otis with Maxine? Well, if you listen to the people who are into it, you're right about this being a variety show and the people are enjoying this angle. So that validates it. The people are with Alpha Academy. And, and it kind of surprised me because I feel like Otis is being teased as this new character change that maybe fans would want more of a playful Otis. But they were cheering when they pulled the Chad Gable direction and booing when they pulled the Maxine direction. So this Jacksonville crowd, at least, was all about bros before Maxine in terms of <laughs> their allegiance. <laughs> Tremendous. And, and I will say this, uh, not to, not to, I'm not trying to top that. There's no way to top that. But anyways, uh, I'm just uh, one thing I'm also happy about is not only Ali getting a victory, another victory, which is very cool for him, but with a 450 that actually worked as a finish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not a transition. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'll never uh, complain if Mustafa Ali gets a win. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, continues on. I, you know what? I'm kind of, I kind of want to just, just to shake things up. I want to kind of see a BOT have him go with the girl just because Jimmy, what you said earlier, and we've talked about it before, just to kind of like let Chad go do his own thing. You know, if Chad, what if the Alfred, right. The people are responding. They are interested in this. So it's, it, it's, it's the storyline. It's worth the TV time. But as long as it goes on, Chad Gable ain't going to be in no triple threats going for a world heavyweight championship in the tournament. So Chad doesn't need, need to eventually get free because you know you, you always say Kurt Angle, and then I always reply to you and say it's Kurt Angle mixed. It's, it's Kurt Angle, and Owen Hart. If they had a love child, mm. it's it's that mm -hmm. comedy and that athleticism combined together. Right. Um, so <laughs> I want to get <laughs> Chad Gable out there uh, sailing on his own. So we'll see where we go from here. Uh, as we talked about, obviously, the triple threat that happened, uh, but this is the interesting part that happens uh, not related to the world title picture now is, of course, Cody Rhodes does not win his triple threat because Brock pulls him out of the ring, F5s him uh, on the floor, F5s him through the table. Uh, Brock sporting stitches from where he got busted open, a gnarly black eye. Just, I mean, if Brock Lesnar wasn't already scary, add some add some bruises and stitches and him screaming, uh, and that'll, that'll, that'll get the goosebumps going. And he's screaming... Look at my face. Who's a coward now? I want to fight. I want to fight. Challenging Cody Rhodes to a fight. Cody later on backstage after being tended to by the doctors would accept that fight against his better judgment, uh, he acknowledged. Alfred, uh, Cody going again against Brock. Uh, once again, another another obstacle. Now, now it's going to be a fight, so kind of maybe alluding to maybe it'll be a gimmick, gimmick type match. Less wrestling, more combat. Is this good for the is this good for the Cody Rhodes story? Uh, the longer this story is dragged on, which I know Triple H has his feelings about it being called dragged on, but that's what it feels like. The longer they drag this on, the more nervous I get. I think Cody Rhodes is going to win. I'm intrigued at the idea of a fight because that's the specific language they use. So it makes me think they're going to put an octagon in there or something like that, maybe in Saudi Arabia. So that'll be interesting. I think so far, the fact that they protected Cody Rhodes in this, I don't think Cody Rhodes necessarily looks bad. And I do 
think that potentially he can get that second win over Brock Lesnar, which would be huge. Uh, but I am a little nervous the, that they're just keeping him with Brock Lesnar. I'm very nervous. Uh, but they'll probably do a best two out of three in terms of if Brock Lesnar gets this win. So as long as Cody Rhodes comes out of a feud against Brock Lesnar on the better side, 90% of people who feud with Brock Lesnar cannot say that since 2012. So that would be good for him. And I just want to know, now that Brock Lesnar is supporting that shiner, do we get a Brock Lesnar black eye t-shirt? <laughs> it would have been great if they did it in Jacksonville of all places. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right there. Jimmy, um mm -hmm. you know, obviously Cody, he can't you know, when you have Brock screaming at him challenging him to a fight. You know, Cody as the as the heroic baby, he can't turn it down. He has to accept it. Uh Brock has been beaten by, you know, the people that have beaten Brock since he's come back on this this <clears throat> this era of his career post UFC. You know, we're talking Taker, Roman, Drew, Lashley, uh, Cody, of course, getting a win. Um, you know, but 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 Brock doesn't often lose twice in a row to said person. Mm -hmm. So that would be pretty unique and a pretty interesting statement if he would lose twice in a matter of a month to the same person in a singles match. No triple threat, no whatever. Uh, what do you think here with Cody versus Brock? part two and, and just a month later. And do you agree with it? Uh, I, I don't mind it. I, I, it's just a matter of, is there going to be a stipulation added to this match and, and make it a gimmick match? Like, like Alpha said, is it going to be a, the, the fight pit or, or whatever the case may be like inside a cage inside, whatever the case may be. I know WWE doesn't has a no blood policy, but can they do a first blood match? You know, that sort of thing, because we saw, you know, Brock busted open like that and the black eye. It's an option because in that, you know, scenario, you don't have to pin him again or make him submit yeah. or make him say, I quit. And that's the one thing we've never heard Brock do is say, I quit. And that's, you know, that would be interesting if Cody would be the guy. But again, you talk about suspension of disbelief. Does anybody think that Cody can get Brock to say, I quit for whatever reason, whatever hold it may be? I don't know. Uh, you know, he did, if I'm not mistaken, I guess Taker had him pass out uh, as a finish before. In was that one of their SummerSlam? Was that a SummerSlam match? That famous one where they had the famous laughing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the, yes. When they yes. had the plywood, when they took the matting mm. off the ring. Right. Right. So so it, he didn't actually quit or tap. He passed out. It was called referee's discretion. Kind of well, that's, that's kind of what I'm wondering. Because, right, I don't think you're never going to get Brock Lesnar to say, I quit. But I think uh, if you did a gimmick like a last man standing, we've seen that before where mm -hmm. Cody, Cody can pile uh, can pile a ton of crap over top of Brock, beat him. So, so again, Cody's not losing. Right. But it's and it's it's a gimmicky thing that, again, the Saudi, I don't know if they've ever done a last man standing match in front of the Saudi crowd. So it might be novelty to them. You know, um, that, that's kind of where my mind went to. Cause I, I don't think you can't put you cannot put Brock, Brock in a fight pit match in WWE unless his opponent is somebody else who were also going, oh, that person fought, <clears throat> you know, like Lashley or, you know, if it's somebody who's fought in the, in the, in the fight world, I think there's an there's an intrigue there. Right. I don't think that you could put I don't think you want to put Cody, even though Cody decked Brock with a pretty good strike last week on Raw. <laughs> um, I don't think you want to. That's not the look you want for Cody. I, but I think last man standing pro wrestling gimmick gimmicky stuff you could do. Ah, like you said, you know, piling stuff on top of him and stuff like that, and, and he can't get up. Uh, in a false count anywhere match, you can do stuff like that. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. know. I'm just throwing different scenarios. 
Yeah. Again, will they fight? Will they fight in the crowd in Saudi Arabia? Is that allowed? That's, is that, uh, yeah. yeah that's that's point. Good point. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll say this about a fight with Cody Rhodes. I think Cody Rhodes has been a pro wrestler for so long, and he's the son of Dusty Rhodes, and we just put him in the wrestler box. Cody's a shooter. Like, this man, people forget, has a very rich amateur wrestling background, and I'm not saying that he should make Brock Lesnar tap out, but if they did some type of pseudo-shoot fight where it's two wrestlers, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle would screw around doing that all the time, and they would do that in the ring in their matches, and it looked great. And Cody Rhodes can do chain wrestling with Brock Lesnar, and I think it would look perfectly believable. Well, uh, Alfred, to that point, a great point. If they do, if they decide to make, you know, next week, if they decide to <clears throat> formally announce some kind of a fight gimmick, that, that, that but it's, it's all it's a match that's kind of being predicated more on like make you think make you think fight. Then between now and then, I want to see, I'm I want to see Sean leading up to Mania 12 Iron Man. I want to see Cody training. I want to see him on the mat. I want to see him going through the rig. One arm pushups. Yeah, I want to see him preparing. You know, like he's preparing for the Olympics. Um, <laughs> So if, if they want to go that route, so cool. I'll be very interested to see. Get Jose Lothario out there. Is he still with us? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Um, so we'll keep an eye out. I I, I did like Brock shirt, the uh, country ass kicking shirt. I thought that was a. Mm. Uh, if there's not going to be a black eye yeah. shirt, then let's go with that one. <laughs> Is it too close to a Bullet Club T-shirt though? Because it does look very much like a Bullet Club shirt. Uh, a little bit, a little, little bit, bit. <clears throat> a little bit. Copyright infringement. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get Rhea Ripley up against Dana Brooke. Uh, Rhea's out there with uh, Dominic. She's got Dom. We've been written where she usually has uh, Judgment Day at, and uh, this is all just a this this is just a glorified Sunday morning at WWF Superstar Squash match. <laughs> Rhea Ripley on Dana Brooke uh, hits a Riptide. Then she uses the submission to make her tap. Then continues to use that uh, hits a Riptide again. Then continues the submission afterwards. Finally, Natalia comes out. Natalia, who's now a Raw superstar, she comes out. And gets in the face of Rhea Ripley, and Rhea just kind of casually steps aside. I'll go to the Canadian first, mm-hmm. Jimmy. Uh, Natalia, uh, I, I, Natalia versus Rhea is kind of a pairing that I didn't know that I wanted, but now I kind of like it. No, I do like the pairing, but I again, you talk about do you see Natalia coming out of this defeating Rhea for the title? 
<clears throat> I don't think so. I think this is more to give Rhea a credible win against a credible opponent. Like you said, tonight it felt more like a uh, uh, superstars or wrestling challenge enhancement match <laughs> with, uh, with Dana. No disrespect to Dana Brooke. But with Natalia, you have a name quality, uh, you know, superstar that the audience recognizes and a win over her would be at least a feather in her cap. So yeah, she's a heart. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred. Yeah, I wouldn't call this a problem because this is a good problem to have. So I would rather call it a challenge. They have a challenge with Rhea Ripley in that they've built her up so well. It's been a year since she last lost a singles match. And she's such a dominant champion that it's going to take work to build up a challenger that's convincing as somebody who could beat her. And Natalia is a living legend and she's done it all. And there's I'm not sliding her at all. But at this stage in her career, I don't at all see her beating Rhea Ripley. I do see that as somebody who's just being there to give her a credible win. And they're going to really have to work on whether it's a Zoe Stark who we saw tonight. They're going to have to start building people up for a Rhea Ripley because they have this issue now, this challenge with a lot of people, which I think it's a great thing. It shows how much Triple H loves championship and values them. Bianca Belair has been a forever champion where she's the longest Raw Women's Champion. Obviously, Roman Reigns. Gunther has a record championship reign. So we're seeing all these dominant champions, which is all well and good. That's exactly how a championship should be in a pro wrestling company. But we need the challengers to start being more convincing so that these championship matches can actually draw our interest. Yeah, after to that point, I think really looking at who they have currently on the main roster for the females, um, you know, unless they get like a bug up their ass and decide to like do a long term project with uh, fill in the blank, um, you know, just fill in any, any of the women that are kind of in the second tier there. Otherwise, I think that the incredible depth they have with the women in the NXT that might be the situation where you build somebody really from there. They come up, you keep them as opposite from Rhea as possible until Rumble or until Mania. Um, kind of like what AEW has done with Jade Cargo, but you don't rush and just throw some random title. Like you, like you just make a point that's like follow this person's journey. I'm like, man, this person's unstoppable. Um, yeah, because yeah, right. I don't think there's nobody I can really say, oh, Rhea Ripley's versus them. Oh, they have a chance to beat Rhea. No, there's, there really isn't anybody, and that's a huge credit to Rhea's dominance. But also could be a problem long term in terms mm-hmm. of trying to get people to to buy in. So absolutely, um, yeah. So Rhea Ripley, are they uh, going to explain see- this SmackDown title thing? Because she went, walked out with the SmackDown title. Are they trying? Yeah. Uh, do they think that we're just not going to notice? <laughs> They're just going to keep well, the titles. Well, in the pro- well, yeah, no, it's a great question. I, and I noted this on Saturday to Jimmy. So she still has a SmackDown title. Bianca still has the Raw title. And Bianca, as they said, when Bianca beat um, uh, EO, EO on Saturday, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, she now she's crossing over as, as like the longest, you know, women's champion in modern history. And and, and I, I guess the comparison is the, the next person closest to her was Trish had it for a few days longer mm-hmm. back in like 0405. But Trish was injured like Trish had it for like 420 something days. But Trish was injured for like 100 something of those days. So it was kind of like, right. Right. you know, uh, so what, but what my point is, is that can they just afford to have Bianca and Rhea swap? physical title belts and still try to let Bianca hold on to the to the lineage of the days or I don't know it's this is why they need to stop branding the titles as the show mm-hmm. call one yeah. the women's world title and one the women's universe well, 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 you, something yeah. just stop branding them to the damn show mm-hmm. right because <laughs> you know it creates problems like this yeah agreed uh, we get a ba- there's some backstage stuff going on. I'm not really going to talk too much about it. We'll get to it in future weeks. You know, uh, Sonia and Chelsea are petitioning, but one of the key things to take away from one of their petition segments is that we see Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano, his wife Candice, uh, Indy, and Dexter all together. The way 
Um, Alfred, it would appear that maybe now that healthy and drafted and all together that the way uh, a Triple H concoction in NXT is now going to get some life on Monday Night Raw. Do you agree and do you like it? Yeah, I love it. And I hope that's what happens. I'm going to kind of, you know, I'll be wary of it because they've done this a couple of times with false starts where Dexter will show up and it seems like him and Indy are going to get reunited and then they go their separate ways. But it does seem like seeing the way tonight on Raw that they're going to be a unit. I remember talking about the way and raving about them on the podcast we would do together, uh, Justin. So it's uh, great to come full circle here. And I hope they go all the way with the way because this is a highly entertaining stable with highly entertaining people. And I just thought some of the stuff they did in NXT you think of the rich lineage of NXT and the entertaining stuff they've done in their history. I thought the way is right up there with some of the greatest angles and acts that they've had come through there. Yeah, Jimmy, if uh, if nothing else, they tried to have the Johnny, just just Johnny and just Dexter. Mm-hmm. And of course, they did the whole thing with the Miz back in this last summer. They tried to have Johnny and Dexter, and I, I think it they kind of just it either fell flat or it got booked into a corner. Uh, so at least putting them with the way, at least putting them with the girls where the, the Dexter and Indy odd love. Right fair and then obviously johnny with his real life wife at least it gives some extra dynamics to try to play off of no it, it absolutely does and like you guys said in nxt it was working but here we go we're on raw now and you got to remember that the raw audience is so much bigger and there are maybe a lot of people who don't remember that past so it's up to now that one of the good one of the things that wwe does very well is video packages to introduce talent or reintroduce talent or or tell stories why not build up the the way so to speak um by you know reminding people of their past and their history together and how they used to be a unit and you know now they're all on raw and can they reform this unit and become dominant again yeah yeah so we'll see uh what we get for that but there could be some fun talk about variety show with the stuff we Mm -hmm. did with otis earlier uh having candace and johnny double date with indian dexter we could have some fun stuff oh my goodness uh, (laughs) to do here so real quick just because i saw some comments we were talking about you know who could challenge ria this and that dream world studio said it a little uh uh saying raquel versus ria would be a big match uh a little dewatt saying SummerSlam. that that's too early but i do agree i and i tweeted this last week raquel has Raquel has size, but it's nice that she has size and they don't peg her as, okay, well, you have size. You're bigger than most of the women. We're going to make you the fee-fi-fo-fum heel female. She's charismatic. She has a gorgeous smile, great selling. Um, She she has a kind of babyface charisma. I do agree, but I think there's work to be done. I think you got to let the tag team title run with her and Liv run its course, and then – whether Liv turns her back on her or they just have an amicable like New Day kind of split, Raquel then has to really build up and really, really find her voice and find her as a single star. If that all could happen, that could timeline to be maybe next year's mania. If it all yeah. could, you know, if it timelines and Raquel wins Rumble, but there's work to be done after she gets through her tag team title stuff. Um, so, but I, but yeah, Raquel is somebody that, yeah, I could see on the roster. That would be somebody mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be willing to buy into uh, to make the investment into. Yeah. They did tease that too. Uh, yeah. I think it was last week or the week before they had them face off. Mm-hmm. And just and just because they're both tall women, it, 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 the yeah. size is there. It kind of seems like a, a physical threat that that Rhea would have to to, to think twice about. <clears throat> so, all right, uh, we got a backstage earlier of uh, uh, Imperium, at least two thirds of them. Um, uh, talk telling everybody, everybody will hear that the Ring General is on his way to Raw next week. Gunther will be on <laughs> Raw, the Intercontinental Champion, and they run into KO and Sammy. And they keep trying to tell KO and Sammy, but KO and Sammy are in the middle of stuff. Uh, that causes some friction, causes some question of disrespect. 
And so we're going to settle it in the ring for a match. And we get the match. Kevin Owens, Sami Sammy, Zo- Sammy uh, Zayn versus Imperium. And uh, Sammy's going to win with the Huluva kick. So KO and Sammy win. They kind of have to because they're, you know, they're the tag champions. Um, Alfred, I, I don't know. How, like, I like I liked Imperium getting a match. I like getting to feature the two guys. It's not Gunther. But I don't like the fact that those two guys then just lose on the first night because kind of what KO and Sammy said, oh, you're just Gunther's henchmen. It kind of just, just kind of leads into that narrative of, yeah, they're just the henchmen. The big boss will be here next week. Yeah, that's exactly what this kind of did. And it's unfortunate because I actually did find their backstage segment to be very funny in ways that WWE usually isn't funny because it was kind of like a deadpan thing. And the funny part, even though Kevin and Sammy are these, you know, we're never, they're these legends who are great with comedy. I thought Imperium were the funny ones in terms of they refused to leave and then they would put their finger in their faces off camera. I thought it was all really funny. And it was unfortunate to see them just thrown in there. So this tells me that WWE now has to book for Kevin and Sammy post bloodline and i don't think they're entirely sure where to go so they're using imperium as like the kind of placeholders and maybe gunther will be part of that but i don't see him being involved in them long term yeah i loved ko's comment to uh, i think it was uh ludwig of a uh, uh, nice turtleneck um, <laughs> uh jimmy your thoughts on the backstage segment and the uh first booking first raw booking decision of of the lower tier of imperium well, you know, uh, the, as far as the backstage segment goes, I thought it was awesome. I think the only thing is, it, it set up a match for later, and you'd think going into Raw that more matches would be set up. It feels like a, many of the matches were set up as the show went on. That, that's the only thing. It, it, it should have been, hey, we're facing you guys later tonight. Sometimes, you know. Well, yeah, I, to, not to cut you off, no, but, no. But, but but I do think to 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 play devil's advocate of why that might have been tonight. You know, it's the first night with a brand new roster, so uh, you know. So I, I do think it would be weird in some capacities to say last week. Imperium's going to take like I, I think it's natural to kind of have these new guys that are walking through the door. Their 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 crap don't stink, and, and then we saw it again with the women's matches to come up here in a minute. It's it's all new bodies in theory under in a new locker room having to coexist and they're ruffling feathers. So I get why more matches kind of got made on the fly tonight because it's a brand new locker room uh, to, to mix it with. So it might've been weird to, to advertise these matches last week and be like, well, why do they have, why does Zoe Stark have a problem with Nikki Cross? Why does Imperium have a problem with K and Sammy? So they at least gave us some reason of like uh, interaction and say, okay, let's go settle in the ring. Why does Xavier Woods and Dom have a match? Again, we're going to get to all this, but right. I think that's probably why, because it's the first night right after, the, the roster's reset. No, I hear you. Fair enough, but it's still it just it, 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 I'm not used to it, so maybe that's why it threw me off a little bit. And as far as the match itself goes, I thought that it was a good tag match. Again, uh, for the first night uh, for them debuting on on Raw, especially with Imperium, you got somebody like Gunther coming, the Intercontinental Champion. They should look dominant, and they look good in the match. But still, uh, maybe not the right decision to have them face. KO and Sammy tonight and, and suffer their first loss. Alfred, I'm looking. So they're advertising next week. I'm a big fan of Gunther. I don't know about you. I'm a big fan of Gunther. Oh, love Gunther. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like Gunther versus Brock's one that I want to see down the line if we can get mm-hmm. to that. If we get to it. Um, but I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at my notes and I'm trying to like think about all the raw roster, what it is now. And Gunther makes his debut next week. It'll probably be a throw, it'll probably be a squash match kind of debut. Fine. Um, you know, crazy intercontinental title run right now. I'm trying to think, what babyface do we have right now on Raw that's like the the right first feud for Gunther? 
Do you, is there any, I'm putting you on the spot here, but that's, that's kind of the whole point of the, the show. Is there anybody that you can think of on the raw side? Like, I mean, Shinsuke's doing this thing with Miz and so not him. Cody's got Brock, so not him. Right. Um, you know, Tease is doing this thing. That's with, a good with, point. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm just looking here. Like, I don't know hey, where Dolph Ziggler got drafted or if he got drafted or if he's in the free agent character category, but that sounds like the vibe that they would go with in terms of just somebody to feature Gunther's mini skill set. But that's a good question because I can't think of very many. I mean, Seth in this contention probably going to win this world title. Mm hmm. You know, Judgment Day, they're heels, so, you know, that's not going to work. Um, right. I'm just trying to, yeah, and then it's like, okay, is there any other face that, that, that wasn't on tonight that I'm, I mean, KO and Sammy are tag teams, so they're probably not, I mean, right, yeah. un unless, unless this whole Imperium thing sticks with KO and Sammy and KO and Sammy each take a singles try at Gunther, but that doesn't seem, I, I'm, 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 I don't know, I'm yeah. kind of intrigued. Who the hell is Gunther yeah. going to work with? Well, oh, man. You, you're looking, you got to look at top guys. You got to look at the roster and hmm, not be, like you said, Sam, uh, Cody's already tied up. So yeah. looking at the roster, I don't see who it can be. You got guys like KO who would have been good or, or somebody like a, a Sammy, but they're all tied up in the tag team division. So man, I'm, look, I'm looking at the, call. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the chat. I'm looking for, our, I'm looking for our passionate chat to try to give me some, I, I mean, right. you know, Ziggler's well, well no, 89 lashes on, on SmackDown, so. Dexter, Dexter Williams. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean Dexter could. Yeah, I mean if if, if 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 the way wants to try to make some waves and Johnny and Dexter both yeah. each try. Um, and then you got the two stables going after each other, so that could fit. Right. Um, you know Bray Wyatt's not going to reappear and be part of an Intercontinental title working right. with. Uh, uh, well, John Omas is a heel. I don't. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, Danny's saying Orton. I, well, when, whenever, if, if Orton ever comes back, I don't know, but I mean, that would be a hell of an elevation for mm. Gunther in the IC title, but I'm not going to bet anything on. Could Gunther Riddle be the guy? Sport. Maybe. I mean, they they have no problem beating Matt Riddle with everybody and everybody. So he just ended is, the thing with the bloodline. So I could see Riddle be. Is Riddle raw or SmackDown? He's on raw. Okay. Actually, he's on raw or SmackDown. I'm not sure. If, okay. If Riddle's he, raw, he's, he's on raw. Say, okay. Then let's go with Riddle. That would be it, because that's yeah. the most worthy situation. Because if that that would be it, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no that that that's it. If he's on Raw, that's that's gonna be it. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll go there. Gotcha. That was a fun little brain exercise. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oof. <laughs> Oof going both the rosters. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we got a backstage. Uh, Zoe Stark and Nikki Cross. It's gonna translate into a match. Main roster introduction. Nikki. Uh, to, excuse me. To Zoe Stark. She wins with her D360, which is kind of this fancy spin and then kind of like a version of a GTS where she uh, hmm. uh, cracks up her opponent's head right off her knee. So Zoe Stark gets the win. Uh, Jimmy, thoughts on Zoe Stark on her debut? No, I thought it was a good debut. It's just the crowd didn't seem to be uh, into it, so to speak. And, and I'm wondering, again, if it's the fact that a lot of the crowd, you know, doesn't watch NXT on a regular basis and, and right. are just haven't, you know, been a part of Zoe Stark's uh, development there, so I don't know. I, I liked the, I liked the match. I thought it was, you know, a good showing for her, but the crowd just didn't seem to be into it. Alfred, yeah, I felt like after the first hour, the, especially after they did the first two triple threats, the crowd really leveled down 
and, and kind of died off. And it was around this point. And I do think that's exactly what it was, is that they didn't know who she was from NXT. Because there is a crossover. There is a very small crossover between main roster and NXT people who watch. Uh, even if you just see the numbers, you know, NXT, you know, on a good week, they'll do about 700,000, maybe 600-some-thousand. Um, and so it's a smaller audience with NXT, but I am a huge fan of Zoe Stark. And I think as she comes along and as they tell her story, which is the most important thing with these main roster talents, as they continue to develop her gimmick, I think she's going to connect with these fans. Cool. <laughs> Dylan Matthews, the Tony Khan paid this crowd. <laughs> I had that thought too. It's <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, shout out to Dylan Matthews. Wow. <laughs> Oh, Aaron Jackson. Hey, Cody Rose did shout out his time in AEW. He didn't say AEW. Obviously. He did. He did say yeah. I used to be here. He did. He right. noticed that, that during the pandemic, this was his home because they were mm-hmm. saddled to Jacksonville doing the shows. So right. yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we get Trish Stratus. She's Trish Stratus is posting Becky Lynch missing posters all around. She got a Becky Lynch uh, missing shirt on. She comes out. She talks about how you know she's using all of her tools to try to find Becky, and it will eventually find her. She's going to be found in some you know dark depressed corner of iowa with her daughter who doesn't even know her own colors and (laughs) all this this weird stuff and then all of a sudden becky's music hits but it turned out to be a troll job that trish is doing Mm -hmm. trish continues on trying to tell a story about her daughter buying a doll and then becky's music hits again trish is like hey guys in the truck stop that but no it's the real deal the man of masses uh appears as the shirt says and proceeds to give trish some so becky is back um uh, Becky versus Trish. I mean, uh, again, I'm gonna go Canadian courtesy. Uh, Jimmy, uh, another heel promo from Trish. Not as nowhere near as good as what she did a couple weeks ago. Um, but what were your thoughts on this uh, tonight? And and inevitably, I I don't know if it's gonna be at Night of Champions, but inevitably leading to their their payoff match. No, it, it, again, this feels like one of those situations where you you know returning Becky Lynch, you want to elevate the man. And against a, a Hall of Famer, get, getting a big win against the Hall of Famer is, is is what you need. Because right now, you know, you talked about the situation with Gunther. Who do you, who do you have to face Gunther in in the next rivalry in the next story? Same thing here. You who you have for Becky Lynch? Who do you have lined up? Because uh, you know, in theory, she should be going after the champion. Uh, is it Bianca or is it? <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah. is it Rhea? You know. What I well, mean? I'll say. Well, you know, Jimmy. I'll say this. Uh, yeah, as, I, as we talked about earlier, Bianca's title reign of days is it, it's 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 there with Trish's, and that's that's the mm-hmm. it's kind of apples to oranges. Maybe once Trish is done with Becky, maybe that's where Trish goes. If Trish really is back around a little more regularly, mm-hmm. holy hell, Trish Stratus and Bianca Belair, and let Bianca let Trish start trying to talk smart to Bianca. Bianca claps back, and we start talking about. Who's a real champion and 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 whatever? Uh, sign me up for a SummerSlam match between those two. Yeah, that would be I don't awesome. Know. Yeah, I would love that. No, I think that would be great. And you, you know they're going to have the language because they can't say longest Raw Women's Champion. They'll probably say what longest Women's Champion of yeah. either title or whatever they say. But that's a great story to tell, and it kind of lines up timing wise in terms of Trish versus Bianca and Trish kind of trying to pay, play the gatekeeper for her own record. I would love that story. And they don't tell enough stories with Bianca. I think that's part of why Puerto Rico started turning on her. And I think, I hope this is not a copycat thing, but if it is, I think Bianca could be an incredible heel, but they really need to start telling stories with her instead of just having her be this OP dominant champion. And I think the story mm-hmm. of her trying to get this legendary record would be great. 
Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we getting Trish versus Becky at Night of Champions and Alfred? Is Saudi Arabia uh, ready for some stratisfaction? Oh, that'll be interesting. They will have modified outfits, but I very much believe mm-hmm. that this will be a championship match at Saudi Arabia. Uh, I actually thought Trish was very good in this promo. I I, I I thought it was on the level of her heel promo because I agree with you, Justin. I thought she was very good there. But she seems like she's getting so much more comfortable playing the heel. It's always a tough sell mm-hmm. when these legends have to come back and be heels because everybody just loves them yeah. and wants to love them naturally. But mm-hmm. Trish is very funny healing on Becky Lynch's daughter and saying she's dumb. She doesn't even know her colors. And even the crowd, when they started getting hot at her, she's just like, you guys are so dumb. How could you believe that? I just thought she was very funny. Well, I'm wondering, because Night of Champions, there's no title on the line between these two. But, like, the next thing would be holding it till, I think, July 1, which is Money in the Bank, right. in London, where they could, there is no modification. Um mm-hmm. But I'm like, can they keep this feud going till July 1? That's a That's, long ways away. Yeah, that is a long ways away. And yes, as much as we like long-term storytelling, still it's going to be tough to keep this one going for that long. <laughs> yeah. So why you got to watch the video. I'm <laughs> oh, putting wow. up some comments here. Uh, wow. John says Trisha's, Trisha's dishes will have to be covered up in salt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, we're not going to get the dishes. Yeah. Once upon a time, what did you... Jerry Lawler said puppies, and we're saying puppies, this. yes. <laughs> puppies. So we'll see. Uh, so that happened, and then uh, we got a, again another another backstage kind of uh, just can't can't seem to occupy in the same space as each other. So we get a Dom Mysterio versus Xavier Woods match, and uh, Dom Dom wins. Dom Dom wins mm-hmm. after Mommy pulls him out of harm's way, and Dom wins with uh, the AEW dreaded roll up. Uh, but he wins uh, as he should. Uh, Jimmy, Xavier Woods versus Dominic Mysterio, all the thoughts that go to this. Well, it, it, again, it, it was a, a, a match to get Dom over again against someone with a credible name. And that's all it was. But uh, like you said, there was the the dreaded, the most dreaded move in wrestling slash sports entertainment today, the roll-up, just happening too often. And, you know, establish some finishes, you know, Dom's doing this thing now where he's uh, mimicking who he wishes was his father, Eddie Guerrero, with the, you know, the three amigos and the frogs. But why not let him do that? Yes, I get it. People say, oh, well, then that kind of kills uh, Xavier Woods. Not if you have a little bit of shenanigans going on because Rhea's out there. Utilize her. Yeah, does Dom even have like an official finish? Because I feel like a lot of the matches he does win. It's because Rhea gave somebody a riptide, not because he's doing it with his finish. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. he's doing like a six one nine. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's a very good point though. Like Dom does need an established, yeah, finish mm-hmm. eventually. Um, I'd love if it was a frog splash. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then well, I guess the last thing we'll talk about because we already talked about earlier the main event that that the true main event we talked about it with with Finn and uh, Seth is that there's a uh, we do get a, a pre tape backstage vignette. Veer's coming again with friends. Again, man, he's coming again. He have in him? He's coming again with friends. Uh, Jinder Mahal is uh, looks like maybe he's managing Veer, and I did not catch the other. I don't. I don't know the other. Oh, Senga. What is it? Senga. Senga. Like, okay. Senga. Um, yeah. I'll say this. I you know uh, Veer. <laughs> Back when he was the, the, when he was on Raw regularly, and then he was totally different on social media. He was always he, he looked like a million bucks the way that he dressed and like 
and I was like, well, let's let's lead into that. Why does he have to be, you know, uh, they they were both dressed in nice suits, and Jinder spoke eloquently tonight about the the havoc that they're going to bring upon WWE. Um, so I don't know. This, this repackage at least made my eyebrows raise. I don't know how far away we, we could see packages for another month. I don't know how far away we are from this, but uh, Jimmy, uh, any any thoughts to the repackaging of these these uh, all three Indian? talents mm-hmm. well no they look good and and, it, and i'm glad it wasn't the traditional you know stereotypical kind of presentation and, and gender looks menacing with his uh you know more or less shaved head and 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 no facial hair he looked like he looked like a mean son of a gun you know what i'm saying and that tag team looks big and devastating it's all in what they do next in the presentation and how they build this team on tv for the fans to see that's what this business is. It's all, you know, they look good tonight. They looked impressive, but it's all about what you do next. Uh, Alfred, uh, obviously these are Indian talents and United champions is in Saudi Arabia, two different countries. But I, I mean, do they roll this new stable out there or what do you think is going on here? I could see that happening. I could see them debuting at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. And I know a lot of people, especially main roster people watching this, probably saw, oh, I used to see Veer, and then he just kind of disappeared. But this act has been in NXT for the last couple of months, uh, very inconsistently, really. But they have been in NXT and not necessarily lit the world on fire, but as a team into share, they do show promise. And I think if WWE really does have plans to make them a killer tag team, which is exactly what Sammy and Kevin need. Now that they don't have the bloodline, now they're going to have to be the tag team that defends and has interesting storylines and has compelling challengers. And if they build these guys up as these monster heels who just runs through everybody until they get to Sammy and Kevin, I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm so, you know, Veer's one that always babbles. And I have a little bit of a closer to Veer. You know, Veer, I live in Pittsburgh. I have for the last... 18 years veer was a pittsburgh pirate pitcher (laughs) there's a movie made about his life i'm just wwe does these big stories so well i don't know if it was a uh completely you know missed by vince because vince culturally and not i don't know i I just don't know how they've missed up to this point with, with veer the guys had a disney movie made about him the guy was a professional athlete. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm always baffled that they haven't, that they've, it's, they still have had him under contract for this long and they have not yet capitalized um, at all on him. So we'll see. Uh, let's well, do they, a few. They have the same problem with like a Lacey Evans or even a Casey Catanzaro where they have these people who have these amazing backgrounds where the story pretty much tells itself. You just kind of need to guide them along and they insist mm-hmm. on changing everything or hiding that background or, or the worst I think is when they just kind of offhandedly, Oh yeah, there's a movie made about him. Anyway, look at that headlock. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is the important thing about the guy. You guys have yeah. to promote this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. Util- utilize. You have the announcers there utilize and help yeah. to, to help tell the story. Exactly. All right, let's do a couple super chats. I see that just came through as we wrap it up here. Appreciate everybody that's sticking with us. Uh, we're into Tuesday for Jimmy and I. Uh, let's take a look at Josh uh, for ten dollars. Thank you, Josh Muller. Uh, Michael Cole said Saturday that KO and Sammy could appear on SmackDown because they hold both belts, tag belts. Maybe they'll have Rhea and Bianca defending on both brands. Don't like it personally, but just pointing it out. Nah, I mean that that, that that's, that's we're talking about. You know, we're talking about two tag team titles versus a singles women's each. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you can't that that wouldn't make sense, Josh. They have to just uh, address yeah. right. And and and, do and doing doing the simple swap of belts, I'm I'm just not a fan of that. It just makes ugh. yeah, it's so anticlimactic. I mean, what, right? What exactly. Um, Kevin Irvin, twenty dollars. Thank you, Kevin. Off-topic question: Has there been an update on Eric Young signing with WWE? I heard he signed late last year. Then nothing else since then. If he did sign, what would you do? What would you have him do? Which brand would you put him on? Uh, Kevin, the best that I heard is that maybe if his his involvement would be as a producer or backstage. I don't think as a on air talent, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, J- Jimmy Alfred, either you, do you know? Have you heard? No, I mean, last I saw he was with Impact, he's been with Impact for a, a while now. I don't know if that mm-hmm. contract ran out, but I mean, I actually, if he had to compete, because he has a lot to give back to the business, um, behind the scenes, but if he had to compete, I'd love to see him in NXT. And we do cover NXT every week, and I thought that he was great with uh, the stable that he had with Nikki Cross. That the name escapes my name, what was it? It was like, Sanity. Uh, I thought they were really, sanity. Good. yeah, yeah. Right, so maybe you do something like that. Yeah, but if it is true, you someone like Eric Young, who's a wealth of knowledge in in, in this industry as a producer and a backstage uh, uh, coach, whatever the case may be, maybe maybe that's what his role is right now. I don't know. I couldn't. I can't verify it for you right now. But uh, that would obviously be something that I would be interested in because you look at some of the producers that and, and you know uh, minds that they have backstage at WWE right now. Or some people, some some names that people go, oh, I, hmm, you know what I mean? And I think maybe if he is there, that's probably what his role is right now. Yeah, I think it's where he would fit the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, <clears throat> sorry. Right, so I think we kind of covered everything that happened. A little, little, like I said, a little out of order because of, of yeah. the tournament tonight, but it kind of fit for conversation purposes. Um, final thoughts on where we are as we embark on the new chapter of the rosters. We are approach United Champions, and then right after that, we're going to be a month away from Money in the Bank, and then right after that, we're going to be a month away from SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, there is no rest for the weary. Alfred Cunnewell, you are our Monday night guest. Give me the final thoughts uh, and the final promotion of where yes. everybody can find your work. Three premium live events on three different continents in the next three months. That should be a lot of fun. And I like the fact that there's a direction. I'll go with the positive here. I know that it may not be to our liking, and it's not, and it never is really with wrestling fans, but I will say I like that there's at least a direction with their main storyline in terms of the world championship. And I do believe they're going to finally establish a direction with Roman Reigns' title come Friday. So that's always an encouraging thing to see that we coming off this draft where I felt like there was very little direction, but now they seem to have a plan for this world title. And if they just stick to that plan and they're able to establish this title as, as something more than just a secondary belt, that's going to take good storytelling and good matches in a strong champion. So I like that there's a plan. You can follow me on Twitter at this is nasty. I have an interview up with Trinity on Forbes and pro wrestling bits. So check that out. We had a great conversation. She really put over Jade Cargill. I thought it was a beautiful thing. Oh, get, oh, can you can you tease one more bit about without giving away too much? That, oh, yeah. That's intriguing. I mean, yes, she talked about her relationship. She talked about her relationship with Jay Cargill. And I will say uh, it might surprise you the first person who reached out to Trinity when all that stuff went down. It was somebody in AEW. Oh. So uh, check on that. Uh, and there's a lot, a lot of great hmm. stuff there. She talks about CM Punk. Really good stuff. Nice. That is that is a strip club quality tease that they're ever. <laughs> was yeah. one get your lap dance with africana was interview mm-hmm. coming up uh Alfred, where, can people, where can people get that interview 
Uh, on Forbes, check out in the written version, and then Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube. YouTube at Pro Wrestling Bits. And when will that be? Oh, that's the drop. The drop uh, this past Friday. Oh, it's oh, out nice. now. Okay, great. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Soon, Wrestling soon Wrestling we... Inc. has a story on that as well. Well, as soon as we get off, I'm going to it now. I did not know that. I'm Hell going yeah. To it. Uh, Jimmy, final thoughts and final uh, plugs. No, no. I enjoyed tonight's Raw, and I thought the only issue I had with it is it just made the this tournament for the World Heavyweight Championship feel secondary to other things. And, and, and I know that it happens sometimes with titles, but at the same time, this title is new and should feel like the most important thing on the show. And as far as where you can find me, obviously you can find me here on Mondays and Wednesday nights, usually with Justin on both nights. And uh, and it's nice to be with Alfred tonight, which is yeah. awesome. And uh, you can also catch me on all my social media platform, anti-social media platforms, where I'm doing my daily ref and rants from Monday to Friday, where I make my little observations and little critiques. And it's not to tear down. It's to help tighten screws and build what I think um, and give my opinion and also the the Refin It uh, Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner and uh, RJ, who hosts the show. Uh, that show drops every Wednesday. We have a blast talking about all sorts of things. And uh, last week we got to talk to a third brother in stripes, Dangerous Danny Davis, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and, and Jimmy, did combo. I, Jimmy, did I read right that Earl Hebner, he was saying his daughter is getting ready to start reffing at AEW? Did I read that? Did Am I, am I correct on that? I don't know. I didn't see that. Now, see, now, now I'm going to have to talk to Brian tomorrow and find out. I thought I read somewhere that Earl just did an interview that his daughter, she wanted to wrestle, but she came across, she uh, took on some injuries. But mm -hmm. so then she went the family route, refereeing, a little less physical, and that she's going to be going to AEW in a couple weeks to do some, or maybe for like some, uh, not not dynamite, but maybe some some lower level matches or something. She's gonna be doing some work. Uh, I'm pretty wow. sure I, I saw him. Well, if if she, oh, I'm not gonna do the referee thing. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Over there in AEW. Never mind. I'm, I'm trying to keep it positive tonight. <laughs> uh, oh, Dylan, Dylan knows what I'm talking. I'm pretty sure I didn't make this up, so I have to go find it again here. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, uh, all great stuff. Uh, thank you to you both. It's been a fun uh, Monday night here. Um, Again, at Wrestling Inc., uh, please follow all the platforms. Make sure you get the notifications on uh, whatever platform you prefer when we have a new episode almost every damn day. I mean, there's so much wrestling anymore that <laughs> we have, that's just the situation. Uh, follow me at Justin LaBar across all the socials. Uh, I'll be back Wednesday with Jimmy. And um, <laughs> maybe he's uh, her voice has, <laughs> has, has, uh, has come back to her. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, we'll have a podcast Wednesday night. Uh, every Friday morning, I am on Sirius XM's Busted Open with Dave LaGreca, Thunder Rosa. Sometimes it's Mark Henry. Sometimes it's Tommy Dreamer. You never know. It's always a blast on Fridays on Sirius XM. Thank you to all of you. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate all the comments, all the super chats. Very much, uh, you know, you guys are what keeps this thing going. Uh, again, like, follow, comment, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Spread the word. It's all good. Have a good night. Be safe. Be good. We'll be back tomorrow night after NXT. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.